Hi there, and welcome to Be a Global Citizen, the podcast that explores the concept of global citizenship through the lens of value-creating education. My name is Scott Bauer, and I'm a SOCA researcher and educator. I hope you find the discussions, stories, and insights on this podcast to be valuable and inspiring as we strive to become global citizens who are committed to living a contributive life. This next installment of GC Talks, I'm joined by Yuko Nakajima. She is the third secretary of the Embassy of Japan and is currently living in Myanmar. So we, we talk a lot about her experiences in the foreign services, just um, her, her kind of um, understanding of like, what it means to represent one's own country while at the same time serving the best interests uh, of another country. And um, it's really a wonderful, thought-provoking uh, conversation, and I hope you all enjoy. So let's get right into the episode. Hi, I'm Yuko Nakajima. I am currently living in Yangon, Myanmar, and I am working as the third uh, secretary at the Embassy of Japan. Very good to see you, and thanks for inviting to uh, speak at the Be a Global Citizen podcast. Hi, Yuko. Thank you so much for, for joining me. I'm very excited to hear more about the work that you're doing in Myanmar. Um, I've known about your, you know, your, your work or your stay, initial stay in Myanmar for like the past like five years, I think. Um, there was like uh, four a, years, yes. four, yeah, four years then, because there was like an exchange that we had uh, where in my, my global politics class, I like reached out to you and was like, oh my gosh, like you're in Myanmar now. And what's that like and and it was you know this kind of like exciting moment where you were just starting you know your the work there so um so yeah i mean now that you've had four years under your belt um a lot more experience and just you know the events that um happened in you know as of recent in myanmar that we can kind of unpack a little bit more i'm sure your perspective has just grown so much since then um, so, um, so I'm really glad that, you know, you can be here to, to share more, um, cause I think, you know, your background and then the current work that you're doing is very exciting, um, and important and, you know, you're, um, yeah, it's just, I think it really represents these ideals of global citizenship. So, um, so thank you so much, Yuko. Thank uh, you. Yeah. So, um, I, you, you shared your, your title, um, and, you know, you've been living in Myanmar for four years. But uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background, just how, like, why Myanmar, first off? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> what did it take to get you to, to where you are now? All right, so that's the, the question that I am all, um, almost asked every person when I meet for the first time. <laughs> um, so why Myanmar? That's, um, so going back to my undergraduate uh, life, I had no idea what I wanted to do in the future, first of all. I kind of wanted to study like development or maybe economics or like when I am still exploring my interests, right? And then in the second year, uh, I remember that it was like sometime in February, uh, one of our graduates uh, came to SUA to talk about a, um, the, the foreign service, right? Like being in development. So he is was, he was working at the, Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Japan. And he came to talk about like what it is, uh, what the foreign service is. And like I, right away, I knew that that was the job that I've been looking for. I never really thought about like, you know, the diploma itself. I never really know what the work is like. 
but then immediately I knew that this is the work that I really want to do and pursue. So that's the reason why I want to become a diplomat, but, but on the other hand, why Myanmar, right? So I started to study uh, Southeast Asia when I took the intro to Southeast Asia uh, at uh, Soka. Uh, and then that was the first year. And then I, it, sorry, and it was like 2011. And that's the year that the Tenzin administration, which is the quasi-democratic uh, uh, government started in Myanmar. So I was kind of like witnessing the changes that's happening in Myanmar through the media. And I, when I took the class, I got much more interested in, the, uh, in this uh, country, Myanmar. And it's also because I just watched a documentary about the Myanmar's um, a oppressed censorship uh, in 2007. There was a democra democratic uh, movement or like a, a demonstration that happened in 2007, but it was uh, eventually oppressed by the military. And I was really shocked to learn about that through the documentary, but then I was actually witnessing that changes that's actually happening in Myanmar. So I was really excited to learn about it. And I read uh, a book that's written by Do Aung San Suu Kyi, the, state council, the former state councillor. Uh, she's like a democratic icon in Myanmar. And then I got more and more interested. And I, as, learn, as I learned more about Myanmar, then I also realized that, you know, actually, um, Japan, Japan, and during the, the Second World War II, the World War II, Japan came to Burma then, and then they fight it against the, the allies. And so they had, they, the Burma was kind of like a battlefield. And then Japan also occupied for three years more. So, you know, like, you know, I found more real connections and so forth. So I became interested in Myanmar and that's how I started. Wow, yeah, it's very like gradual. Um, this interest of yours is, is growing and you were getting more contact, um, you know, with the history and how it really ties into, um, you know, the, the history of your own country, right, in Japan. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it, it makes sense. It makes sense. It, it always makes sense in retrospect, right, connecting the dots from our previous studies, you know, formative years in undergrad at SOCA. Um, and I, I'm curious, if you, if you could share a little more, you said that like when this graduate came back um, and spoke about the foreign service, what it was about, like you said it just clicked. Like, could you unpack that a little bit more? Like what about foreign service was so important to you or that excited you the most? Mm, it was intuition. <laughs> so I can't really um, make it as a, uh, proper language, but um, you know, when you enter SUA, the Soka University of America, you have a lot of like dreams and like you don't know what it is, but you feel like you're like, you know, have a lot of hope and then you want to advance into the world, right? And I, you know, I, I'm from Japan and I never came out of Japan until the age of 18. And so I was really excited about my future, but I wasn't really sure what it, what it is, right? So I, the, the seniors were doing the job hunting and like, you know, I got to know that, oh, I actually have to think about what job I want to get 
you know, not just like what I want to do. I first have to like get a job, right? And then what do I do? What do I do? And like, okay, I maybe I want to, you know, eliminate poverty <laughs> or <laughs> go some like Southeast Asian country to, I don't know, help the development, whatever. It's really, really vague. And like, I also feel ashamed of like the vagueness of my thoughts then. And, but then uh, when I first uh, learned about this foreign service, which is like a, you are a representative from a country and then you will, when you are in the headquarters back in your uh, country, then you will be uh, assisting making, uh, um, the pl pl planning the policy or, you know, like to making, uh, giving the directions to the countries that has the embassies and like the consulate generals. And it, you know, it's like really the policy making part and it's really core to what Japanese government is doing. And it's, it sounds really exciting. And then when you are, of course, like, like uh, for example, when you're in embassies, then you are not making a policy itself, but then you will uh, collect a lot of information and then doing some kind of like um, actual uh, interactions with the local people or like the government officials of that country and then report back to the, the your own country, right? And that kind of work mechanism sounds really exciting. I wanted to be part of it. And I thought like my uh, language skill as well as my communication skill uh, will be very useful in that uh, career. So I was really attracted and excited. It just clicked right away. But uh, even though it was, it just clicked, uh, I still try to look for other possibilities. Like if I want to work in Myanmar, there are different ways that I can engage. I can engage. For example, you can maybe like work at INGO that's operating in Myanmar, or maybe do some volunteer for a short period of time, or maybe like, you know, find a company that has the branches or factories, whatever, and in Yangon or Myanmar. But then I thought right away, right now, Myanmar's, uh, Japan's relationship relations with Myanmar, it's still government to government level. Unlike other countries, like you know, Myanmar has been closed for many years. So a lot, of, a lot of things were decided by the Japanese government's policy. And then lots of negotiation has to be done first by the government so that the companies can advance into the, the country. So I thought this is really the, the core part of the, you know, like Japan, Myanmar, Japan relations. So that's why I decided to, you know, really come close to the core part of it. So. Mm. Wow. No, yeah, that sounds, um, yeah, the, the, the policy making part. And then I would imagine really understanding uh, where both sides are coming from, um, and, you know, for yourself, you were born and raised in Japan, but then I'm sure like through this process to understand on like the, the international level and kind of um, the, like what the diplomatic ties are between the countries, like you, you're, you're kind of rediscovering um, Japan while, you know, living in Myanmar and really getting that like on the ground experience of like how, how are things made possible through policy and what are the guidelines, the protocols, and, and then you know, what ties all of that together being the, the strong communication. So you speak English, right? Japan, Japanese. Um, you, you studied, didn't you study? Chinese. Okay, you studied Chinese at SUA. So you have Chinese <laughs> as well under your belt, Mandarin Chinese. And 
one of the requirements, right, in your your position was to learn the local language, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, how was that like? What was that experience like for yourself? I mean, you've been there for <laughs> three years, and so <laughs> would you say that you are proficient and that you're, you know, feeling much yeah. more integrated now? Well, like I'm nowhere close to a perfect speaker of Burmese at all, but <laughs> it's my uh, third time that I learned a second language. I mean, the foreign language. Mm -hmm. So I got really used to the learning process of the language, you know, the learning language. So I feel much more easier. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think learning English was most difficult for me because the Japanese and English has the very different uh, grammar. Mm -hmm. the word order is totally the opposite mm -hmm. but then for chinese it was easier because i can just you know like understand the kanji or chinese character right away when i look at it mm -hmm. so even though the grammar is different i can kind of like get it roughly <laughs> but for burmese um it was the third language learned so i i i had a how do i call it um just because of you are more immune to this process of you know, learning language. You, at first, you can't speak anything at all, right? And you are like a little kid, just like, you know, like a baby. You just like say word, words to word, and then you, they laugh at you, right? But I'm fine. <laughs> I'm used to it. You have great humility. <laughs> so I know the process, so it's like it was fine. And then the Japanese and the Burmese has a very similar, almost the same grammar, grammatical structure. Hmm. So it was very easy. Uh, if As long as you can kind of like know the word, you can just exchange it, it and hmm. then like make a sentence. So it was easy. The, the most difficult part was like, there's almost no uh, textbooks to learn Burmese. There's only like beginners, like beginner levels. And also there is there is a textbooks that, uh, a university of foreign language, young university of foreign language makes, but it's really uh, only the uh, intro, intro level. Mm -hmm. So it was difficult to develop my skill from the intro level to the intermediate level and then to the, you know, like the upper level. So that was very, very tough. You know, like no one knows how to teach Burmese to foreigners. It was a very closed country for many years. Mm -hmm. so, that, so that was the very difficult part, but how is it like? Um, well, it's, I don't feel like I am switching between the language when I speak like, you know, Burmese, English and Japanese, although I don't really have a chance to speak Chinese anymore, but yes. Wow, that sounds like such a challenge. And, you know, <laughs> just like you said, there's, there, there are not many textbooks uh, on, you know, of Burmese. And so you're really just having to learn like just active learning, just like in the field, talking with, you know, the local peoples and, and then piecing together this language. Um, it helps that you've had so much experience um, learning, you know, foreign languages. So, you know, you can, you're more resilient, let's say, and practice. Hey, resilient, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand. I understand that struggle, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of part of language acquisition. Um, so I, I wanted, I, I think it's just amazing how you have this incredible like linguistic background, but then also, you know, you've lived in different countries for extended periods of time. And the work that you're doing right now, the title itself, I, I mean, diplomat, like that just, 
I don't know, when, whenever I think of global citizenship, like initially, I think my, my thoughts always went to like, you know, these representatives of countries. Um, I'm curious, like when you decided, when you had the intuition and you said, okay, foreign service, like did, did it cross your mind that, you know, this was explicitly, you know, like tied to global citizenship, like the work that you would, that you were wanting to do? Like, did you kind of think, okay, this is, this is what it means to be a global citizen? Like, did you have that in your mind or were you thinking other things about like, okay, like I need a job and this would allow me to pursue my interest in Myanmar. Like you can be totally honest, but I'm just curious, like what you were thinking at the time and then has that changed now? Mm. So I that time when I was, uh, you know, like studying for the, the diploma exam, the government official exam, I was pretty much preoccupied with the everyday study. I study for like, you know, eight, 10 hours every day. So I never really connected that, that, you know, like global citizenship, whatever to, you know, what I am doing. Like I, all I was thinking like, I have to memorize this, you know, like, let's say like this much today and I have to do this this much today. And like, I was like, just studying, 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 studying every day before I actually enter, you know, the past exam. Um, so honestly, I was not really thinking like, you know, I will be a global citizen or whatever. And then uh, be, a, be a, a, you know, like representative of the country means like, you know, you know, it's really interesting. The global citizenship means like you are a citizen of the the world, right? You know, you, you you recognize yourself as a member of the society of the globe, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But then, when you become a diplomat, then you are representing your own country, and you have to you have a mission to protect the lives and then assets uh, of then rights, you know, everything about of the your Japanese citizen, your own citizens, right? So you always have to prioritize actually. The, your your country over other countries, and that's um, that's one function that really needs to exist, so that the government can operate and also the embassies can operate around the world. So um, I am still trying to connect the idea of the global citizen with like my current work, because sometimes it seems like ideally it could you know connect, but sometimes it also contradicts because you your country is like com- competing or trying to win over other countries sometimes um, it depends on what kind of field you know like it could be economics it could be uh politics could be cultural whatever culturally we always you know like do good things and like we also do let's say like oda the official development assistance like it's like a japanese uh official aid to uh, developing countries this also makes some good things to uh, other countries, but you know, there's always uh, writing, uh, right thing and not right things, judging by different kinds of people. So I'm still exploring the concept of global citizen <laughs> and how I can, you know, keep that in mind to serve, uh, to work as a foreign servant. Yeah. Wow. I, I can't imagine how how it must be to to have these like your your duties right to like prioritize the interests of of you know the nation that you represent while at the same time recognizing like you know you can have your own views right you're allowed that um but then how does that 
you know, overlap with, you know, the work that you do mm -hmm. on a daily basis, right? Um, that, you know, maybe you don't feel like there's as much wiggle room for you to um, express fully what it is that, you know, you would like. Um, so maybe there, I don't know, I'm picking up, maybe there's a little bit of like frustration, um, but at the same time, right, um, there's this, it's a great opportunity because it's like so much good is done through these, um, you know, these policies that really uh, allow for um, some of these, um, you know, less developed countries to, to, to grow and to benefit their populace um, and, you know, strengthening ties um, between nations. I think that's, that's vital, right? In the kind of globalized world that we live in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, well, maybe you can share like, um, what, what, what is the ideal of global citizenship? You know, you may not feel like you're able to express it in work or, you know, on a daily basis, but like, if you were to articulate it, like, what would you think it is? And then maybe we can like think out loud together how that you can reconcile them together. Um, I think that, you know, global, be a glo to be a global citizen means like that uh, you are able to link yourself with the global, uh, you, you link yourself to the, the idea that, uh, you know, like everyone is doing for everyone. Um, because when you just realize that you're just, let's say you're just a Japanese, you're just a member of the, you know, like community school, your organization, whatever, then you just recognize yourself as just that as a member, right? But then uh, whatever you are doing, you know, you might be working um, in, a, in a school or as a teacher, or maybe working in a factory worker, uh, you are working, as a just a you know like a like a local staff member of the you know like branches abroad whatever you're still a member if you can realize that you what you're doing is uh has some kind of effect to the world mm -hmm. you know essential uh function essential being that is with you know like is it's it's, it's difficult to phrase it right <laughs> Yeah, of course. So there's a phrase, there's a really uh, uh, famous phrase, right? That uh, think globally, act globally, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, uh, uh, you, it's a used phrase. But then I think, I really believe in that uh, a phrase, think globally, act locally, because you don't have an influence over the world, you know? You have the limited influence and you have the limited power to do anything that's, you know, that can influence within your community, right? But then if you can think that you, what you're doing has some kind of positive effect to the world, then you feel like you're encouraged and you feel like you can be, you know, like united. You are, <clears throat> you know, in the solidarity with lots of more people. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think, I mean, I think you said it beautifully, um, really, you know, having this awareness of our interconnectedness, right? Um, and that like, there's the kind of um, local impacts lead to like these like larger, like, you know, ripple effects, like it, it affects much more than what we think, um, however small or like, you know, whatever job we may be occupying. So um, I think we should never, you know, doubt you know, the, the power of, um, you know, our, our own life um, and what we're engaged with. 
Um, and, you know, when I think about like, you know, this, this kind of inner conflict that you were expressing about like, okay, mm -hmm. I have to like prioritize um, the, the interests of, of my country. And yet, you know, I, I feel that maybe you don't, maybe you don't like agree with everything, right? Or maybe you feel like there's an agenda that goes above, you know, what you can actually do. Um, I, I get the sense though, that like you're, you still have that strong awareness that like, it's not just for the Japanese people, right? But you, you know, as, as a representative, like you're there to really be an ally to the, you know, the, the people of Myanmar. And I think even just with that, those two countries, like, I mean, like Myanmar being your focus, I think, you know, you're extending like beyond just one group of people. And, you know, that, that consideration is, is very impactful. And, you know, based upon the work that you do, it can serve as a, a blueprint for for other other diplomats, right? That like mm -hmm. over time, maybe like the, the the kind of like attitudes or the the energy that you're bringing into the role, like the deep you know concern or the admiration, or the appreciation that you carry uh, with you um, in every interaction with like the, the you know people in Myanmar, that um, that is making a big change and that is very much in line with the spirit of global citizenship. You know, I think there's a way for it to be more malleable than simply like, you know, speaking from a script, right? You know, seemingly like this is what I have to say, I'm obligated to say, but maybe the feeling that you have that each action or word that you say is it's imbued with the spirit. And maybe that's something that, you know, helps you reconcile a little bit more so that you don't feel like you're an imposter. Like, oh, I can't be a global citizen. I have to, you know, I'm a Japanese citizen who's, rep you know, who's here in Myanmar, like, you know, I think, I think there's a way to kind of, you know, you're not sidestepping it, but I think you're able to kind of like elevate it to a new level, right? Um, while still actualizing the work that you have to do as a representative. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think you're phrasing really beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, you've been speaking about global citizen with many people over the over the like past one one or two years, so like you can phrase it much better. So I'm almost like, but it's oh. you know it's ultimately you know to to start the conversation, um, and I think to get to get thinking and like to, 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 you know the hope that you were speaking about when you were at SUA when you first started, like when you first considered the the path of uh, foreign services. I think so much about it. Um, uh, talking about global citizenship is like connecting to that feeling of hope that like you know, what you're doing matters. Um, the things you do impact, you know, those around you. And, you know, we, we need to put in the work uh, and have this awareness that like, you know, things are going in, in the right direction, even though we might see like the news or, you know, events around us might be pointing in a different direction that like, oh, it's actually very negative, right? It's like conviction that <laughs> like we gotta just keep advancing forward. And I think, you know, talking with different, you know, professionals and you know, just people from around the world, like yourself. I mean, it's it's it always I think everyone's so unique with their stories and, and it just it brings more like hope that like wow, you know, even though even though you may not be speaking about global citizenship every day or every week, like I'm, I am, um, you know, it, it only takes that initial like spark for you to really, you know, take action or to kind of pivot in a way that 
makes a big impact in how you approach each day? Well, I feel like, you know, you, you because you, you just referred to the, the, the dilemma, right? Like dilemma between your own views and like the organization's policy. Mm. I think that exists, you know, I, I mean, in any, any organization, I feel like um, you at least have some kind of like uh, satisfaction or like, you know, maybe you're, maybe you might be unsatisfied with some policies, especially when it comes to like foreign policies, you know, there's no, uh, correct policy. <laughs> it's that made by people. It's made by humans. So mm -hmm. there could be error. There could be good aspects and like bad aspects. So mm -hmm. and you can expect your own view to be reflected to such a big uh, a policy. Mm -hmm. So when you're working and on the ground at the embassies, it's a little bit uh, you know it's a, there is a, always a dilemma. Mm. Uh, but uh, I don't take it too personal about what the policy, how, how the policy is made and how it's implemented. But uh, because I came to realize that foreign policy is made based on more like a historical, it's a more long history, right? Mm. It's not made only at, at one, uh, um, I don't know, at one point. It's made throughout the history, and we have this uh, traditional <clears throat> uh, relations that we have built between Myanmar and Japan. And then we, the, our mission is to maintain that relations. And uh, even though uh, the, the situation has been changing a lot, especially in terms of like, uh, the, the political uprising that happened in the uh, past years, um, I feel like you know there is something that we still need to maintain and then implement. So um, what I want to say is like I have my own views and then I keep that in my mind. But then I don't think that you know um, I I do have dilemma, but that's that's you know part of life. <laughs> that's just part of life. I feel it's not special about. Uh, the foreign services it's it's also it's not just unique about this one so but i have a long career right if i continue i still continue this foreign service i still have maybe like 10 20 or 30 years as long as i continue mm -hmm. then then your uh a discretion will change uh, meaning that I mean, still a third secretary, which is like uh, the junior level, like literally the junior level. But when you become the first secretary, when you become a counselor mm -hmm. or something, then you have more uh, power to speak out. More you have, you are more engaged to the core part of the policy making. So I think like I don't really take this just moment, and then be dissatisfied. But rather, I will keep that in my mind, you know, I, if I were, let's say, if I were an ambassador, mm -hmm. I would do this, but he's not doing this, right? Mm -hmm. So I still keep that in my heart. And mm -hmm. that's, that's really important when you are working in an organization. So. Mm -hmm. And you're having patience, but then also, yeah. the, I, I think you're, you're kind of gleaning your own insight um, as you observe the people around you, the leaders around you, the ambassadors, and that helps to kind of create your own hopes and like, you know, vision 
for what you would do differently. And um, and I'm curious, like, what would what would you say is like if if you were to suddenly just to be ambassador? I don't know, just hypothetically speaking, um, what is like your 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 biggest wish? you know, for the country of Myanmar, the relation between Myanmar and Japan, like what would you like to see done in terms of like putting this on the agenda, like on the table? Like, I know it's a kind of a big that's, question. But like, that's a big, big question. That's yeah. a big question. Yeah, yeah. I have imbued you with all of this power. Ah, you're ambassador now. Really a big question because you don't have the power to change Myanmar's policy, right? Myanmar's yeah. side. What you can do is like what Japan can do, or Japan, what Japan would do. Okay. So when the political situation is so bad like this right now, mm. you don't have much power to change. That's, okay. It's really sad that even though you're only a foreign government, you're only a diplomat, just one person that come to, come to station in Myanmar. So even though you're ambassador, even maybe you're just a, uh, just one of the people just living in Myanmar to, uh, I don't know, like, you know, continue what you were doing in Myanmar. Mm -hmm. So I was really, really, uh, I felt was so powerless when the coup happened in mm -hmm. 2021, mm -hmm. February 1st. And we, what we have done in the past 10 to five years, mm -hmm. um, to build a better democracy in Myanmar, we have spent and we have committed to democratize, help democratize Myanmar. And then that, all that money and efforts and you know all that friendship mm. were in vain. It's not in vain, but like you know, we thought that what was what was that you know what was that thing that we did in the past uh, five to ten years to let, let's say help better um, database, to, to make the database of the law or to train them uh, to invite Myanmar, invite to Japan to be a better uh, uh, official, government officials and so forth. There are so many things we built a, you know, like social, the economic, special economic zone to call more uh, foreign investment or we also helped build a, what is it called? The forecast radar, the the you know the weather forecast radar. There is no radar in Myanmar, so we built like like a few of them in Myanmar. And there's so many things that we did to make the, this country so much better and develop, so that democracy can take root. But then all of this, just like you know, suddenly uh, turn over overnight, and then we were so powerless. So go sorry, going back to what I will be doing as ambassador. I, oh, on one hand, of course, I want to build a better, you know, like a relations between Myanmar and Japan. That's really general, right? But on the other, on the other hand, I also feel like there. I also think that it's important that you have limitation. You know, you have, you can't do everything that you want to do uh, as a, you know, like a government official. So. Yeah, I'm not really answering to your question, but <laughs> oh no, that was that was great. I mean, so like you know, on one hand, I feel uh, really encouraged um, when I you know like uh, um, I feel really encouraged when I realize my own mission, what I can do in Myanmar. But on the other hand, I feel like it's so powerless in reality. Mm. 
Well, the, the balance between what you can do, right, the power that we have to enact change, um, but then the actual like issue at hand, and you know, it's it's much more complicated than we could possibly you know imagine, and it's it so many other people you know are playing into that you know to kind of like it's kind of like pulling it in different directions and. And then to have something like a coup happen that just topples everything. I mean, it's never the you know faults or like it's not like oh what could have we done what could we have done better right that's kind of futile thinking. Um, so you know I I feel like the, your response was very diplomatic because you were like very you know clear on like what you can like what you could have done or what the the the. What is realistic, basically, and um, and I think you know you tied it back to just the mission of like, well, we're here to just you know do what we can to to support mm -hmm. um, these peoples and to really like, it's like the friendship side, right? You know, when things get really bad, the fact that you're still there means that like you're being a good friend, <laughs> and I think uh, I I mean my simplistic understanding of how diplomacy works is like just trying to be a good friend <laughs> uh, <laughs> through policies in a word yes <laughs> in, in a word yeah i like to think it makes it you know it gives me the warm fuzzies inside when i think that like oh just countries just want to be like friends you know i'm sure it's it's way more nuanced than that um but you know i, I wanted to ask you know like what if you could like go back in time and meet your you know like yuko when right when you know younger Yuko had the insight, um, is there something that you would tell younger Yuko about the foreign service or about the work that you're doing that you think would like have helped you in preparing for this mm -hmm. I have no advice. <laughs> no advice. <laughs> okay. So I feel like I could become much more than I could be uh, mm -hmm. because I went to SUA. Mm. And then it got me like it, um, like all of my experiences, including like study abroad or taking those classes, uh, made me ready to enter this uh, diplomatic service. So, oh, uh, my advice will be like you know, study hard and enter SUA. <laughs> I'm serious. I have no advice, and I feel like I was really, really ready to enter the MOFA, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, because of SUA in terms of language skill or intercultural communication uh, or you know, having a, you know, like a broader view about uh, the world issues. So yes, that will be my advice. <laughs> Great. And then you could just you know, give your younger self a big hug and say, you got this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got All this. the advice you're going to get. Um, OK, You'll great. Um, so I wanted to ask one more question, if that's OK. Um, this one uh, relates to a book or film recommendation um, that you think would would help someone along in their understanding of global citizenship or that would inspire them um, to really you know embody this spirit of global citizenship is there any book or film that you've read or watched recently or that you you you, you go back to frequently oh so maybe i can introduce i'm not really sure if that will help you know i conceptualize or think through about the global citizenship but then one of the uh original point of my 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 pursuit to diplomacy is because of uh the 
is a documentary, you know, video that I documentary that I introduced you just like earlier, mm -hmm. which is called Burma Volunteer Journalist. So it's called Burma VJ, the Volunteer Journalist. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, maybe you can like just Google it and search. Uh, it's it's a independent documentary, and then it's it's filming about on uh, how the people in Myanmar try to uh, voice uh, how, how they, are, they were trying to send their, their, their own voices to the outside world about what's happening in Myanmar, like, you know, democratization um, uh, movement and like a, also demonstrations on the streets and how they were like shot death and stuff. And then how their, their, their records were kind of like eliminated uh, in the process of sending to abroad. And then it was so shocking for me to watch it. And that because that was only uh, uh, three or four years. I don't know, that was, yeah, yes, that was 2007 around that time, which is, I feel like it's quite recent. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that made me think, you know, that made me really think of like, oh, I didn't, didn't know that such countries still exist in Asia, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm, I'm from, I was born and raised in Japan, which is uh, pretty much peaceful, right? <laughs> pretty much peaceful. Everyone don't never encountered what the war is like, you know, but the, in Myanmar, there's, there's always civil war that's going on. There's the, the, the ethnic um, armed organization that's still fighting uh, even after the independence. And then the, the government is taken by the military and then oppressing the people. That's, it's so unbelievable. You know, for me, it was so unbelievable that, that such a country still exists in neighborhood. So that, I'm not really sure how that would, you know, like open people's eyes to think about the global citizenship. But for me, it was eye-opening and like, you know, shocking and it made me think like what I can do. Wow. wow. And for, for one person, in this case, you, to have really been touched by that documentary, to really felt this, you know, sense of, um, you know, the urgency behind like the, the work that needs to be done to really um, understand the, the, the conflicts, the, the situation in, 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 in Myanmar, but also to like take it a step further, which is what you're doing and actually, you know, dedicating your 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 life to to working in pursuit of like really reestablishing democracy really being there as like that that trustworthy friend that mm -hmm. um, you know is there no matter what and you know i really see um you know your concern um for for the peoples and you know you're very capable so i'm sure that in no time at all you will be the ambassador <laughs> and an excellent job <laughs> Well, you know, regardless, um, I think, you know, it's just, it's, it just really speaks to, you know, I think the time at SUA that you, you had, and then, you know, all the work that you, you did to get to where you are now. I mean, just, just those events really, I think, just demonstrate how much of a global citizen you are. Um, and so, yeah, I just really appreciate you sharing all of that uh, with, with us. Uh, it's very eye-opening for, for me. 
And um, I'm just so happy that we could have this time to, to talk, Yuko. It's just been really amazing. And um, yeah, do you have any final words that you'd like to, to share before we, we close this episode? I, I graduated from SUA uh, in 2015, so it's been seven years, <laughs> seven years since I graduated. And then um, I had a lot of opportunity to conceptualize what the global citizen is. But then when you actually entered society, you know, I started working in an organization wherever you are. Um, you face the everyday reality, and I think we tend to forget those big goals and like ideals. And I was, you know, but then this uh, was a great opportunity to get me rethink, like you know, and also try to uh, get me to connect back again. You know, what my experience, what why I learned about, why I studied at SUA, and what was my mission, you know. So thank you very much for giving this opportunity to speak. I haven't been speaking in, in, in English for, for a long time, actually. So <laughs> I, like, but like, I think Scott really phrased it much better when after I speak. So thank you very much for your support. And I really excited to uh, they listen to more uh, episodes mm. that will come up in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you once again, Yuko. I really enjoyed our conversation and I was just really intrigued by all of your experiences in the foreign services and how that specifically relates to global citizenship. And, you know, you demonstrated the spirit of global citizenship in the way that you articulated your mission to really be there and to work for the people of Myanmar. And in the conversation, I said somewhat naively how your, your work in, foreign, in the foreign services is, is akin to being like a trustworthy friend. And you know, despite the limitations and frustrations that may come with any job within a large organization or institution, I believe that Yuko is able to embody the qualities of a global citizen while still fulfilling her role as a Japanese diplomat. And this dilemma that she faces um, reconciling between a strict adherence to Japanese regulations and proto uh, protocols or priorities, um, she's also um, bringing in this concern, right, of the needs of the other, of, of the peoples of Myanmar, to, to be able to find, you know, value in, in the work and to really go beyond um, kind of one-sided um, understandings and realities, I feel that she's able to push through this creative tension towards further growth. And so my hope is that by having you know, talked out loud some of these ideals of global citizenship, it will spark fresh hope and greater enthusiasm for the work that she's currently doing in Myanmar. So thank you so much, Yuko, once again, and best of luck.